0: I'm going to ask Alex and Eli a question here. Have you ever been picked on? Have you? Who picked on you? Can you say Someone at school? Okay. How did that make you feel? The passage, and all of us, we're going to be talking about being hurt and, and being made of. So, Nehemiah chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. Last week we learned that the people were building the wall, everybody was joining in, and, and the gates were being built by the priest, and, and by families, and young people, and old people, and everybody was getting in together and just building this wall. They were doing a great job. Nehemiah chapter When Sanballat, he's a bad guy, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. The guy was just torqued off. He ridiculed the Jews. And in the presence of his associates and all his friends and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? So can you imagine this bad guy with with the bad army surrounding him in the background looking at those rebuilding the wall? He's laughing at them. Saying, who who do they think they are? Do they think they're going to build the wall in the day? And he was making fun of them. Can they bring stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? And then we have Tobiah. He's the Ammonite, another bad guy in this whole picture. Who with that symbolic side said, What are they building? Even if a fox climbed up on it, he would break down their wall of stone. Verse 4 The people said, Hear us our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. read God's precious and holy word for this morning. A couple of weeks ago, I was reading an article written by a state senator. And he was introducing a law concerning bullying, bullying amongst kids at school, bullying on the internet and through social media. And he wrote that this is probably a a great and a consuming problem in this state, where kids are being made fun of, kids are committing suicide. They're harming themselves because they have been made fun of or they have been bullied. The senator said, I know personally the effects of bullying. He said, I too was bullied throughout my school career. I was made fun of. I was thought to be worthless. And when I was a teenager, he said, I went home many times knowing and thinking that life not worth it. In the closing of this article, he wrote that I'm thankful for those who love me and cared for me and the privilege to be a state senator to write this bill. Why do I share this? Because I went to school with him. And I saw the bullying that John. How he'd leave P.E. crying because he couldn't quite do it. How he was made fun of in school because he wasn't good in class. But now he's a successful state center. I'm amazed. <clears throat> it hurts. It cuts to the heart of things and it destroys life. So in this morning's scripture passage, Nehemiah was watching the people. They were hard at working at rebuilding the city walls of Jerusalem. And last week we might have had the impression that, that once Nehemiah had assigned everybody to their part of the wall, everything was going well, it progressed smoothly, everything was perfect. The wall was being well built by perfection and it would soon be built, but that was not the case as we read this morning. I want you to think that in many cases, when God is at work, working within a person, a group, or a church, does God's work seldom go forward without opposition. It never goes perfect or smoothly. And in this morning's scripture passage, you read that Nehemiah faced several problems and trials as the wall was being built. People were making fun. They were casting out hurtful words that cut people to the heart. Hmm. A warning here, when things keep going well, be ready for some tough times. Especially when it comes to our faith and to our church. Because the enemy never wants to see the work of God make progress. As long as the people were content living in a broken down Jerusalem and the walls were all apart, the enemy wasn't bothering them. But now all of a sudden the walls were being rebuilt, Jerusalem, and the Jewish people would have a place and that stirred their enemies and they started making fun. As long as the people of Jerusalem were content with their sad lot, the enemy left them alone. They're not powerful. They don't need anything. But when they began to serve the Lord with all their heart, and God's glory was being shown through the rebuilding of the wall, that caused their enemies to become more active. So as we look at this this morning, it relates to every one of our lives. It relates to the life of of us, our families, and our church. So, how do we handle this situation? Who was it that stood in Germany and said, tear down this wall? Who was it? Ryan, Ronald Reagan. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I love history, and I was reading about how Reagan handled the situation, and what caused him really to get angry and to push this process was a man who was sitting on the Soviet side of the wall. And he was in a conversation with his friend, and his friend was saying, you know, we're sick of living this way. We have family and relation on the other side of the wall that's thriving and succeeding. They're living in freedom, and we're living on this side of the wall in Soviet occupancy. We're being crushed. What do we do? We got this wall here. his friend says, look up there. He said, look over to Jacob's house. And every morning, Jacob would stand on his rooftop and look up over the wall. And his friend said, we cannot look through the wall, but we have to look up and over in order to succeed. My friends, we're facing a wall before us, and we think that everything is done, we can't handle it anymore. We need to look up to God and what's on the other side. The people were building the wall, and people came to frustrate them. Here we have the best of the people, Nehemiah's clan, building the wall, but Satan wanted to get these people discouraged to destroy their work, Satan did not want the people to succeed. So people were sent to discourage. Let me ask you. What do you do when you're facing the law? What do you do when people are discouraging you? What do you do when society around discourages us and our faith? I'll tell you a story about a guy named Dean. He graduated from undergraduate school at the top of his class in a very good college. He went on to med school. He graduated with with a 4.8 grade (coughs) point average. Now you say, how do you get a 4.8 and 4 is the best? Because he continued to work better and above and beyond doing extra credit type stuff. He was listed as one of the top candidates to be graduating from med school that year. The top doctors in hospitals in the nation offered Dean to practice medicine with them. The Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota said, Dean, we want you to be a part of us to practice medicine here. The top pediatric hospital in our nation in Cincinnati the best in the world offered Dean a position to be a doctor there. Everybody wanted this talented young man. Through written correspondence, through email and stuff like that, he accepted the invitation to practice medicine in a pediatric hospital in Cincinnati, Ohio. What an honor. Within two months, Dean had to leave the hospital. Patients did not want to see him. The other doctors in the hospital shunned him and made fun of him. Why would this happen? He was very gifted, he was talented. Dean was born, he was born a cleft palate. When he was born, they did reconstructive surgery on the roof of his mouth and on his lip. And Dean looked awkward. He still had a scar in his lip here. And he talked with a start. the other doctors around Dean heard him speak. They thought something was wrong with him. Somehow he was simple and stupid. The little kids that he was called to, men- or to, to take care of it would laugh at him and call him retarded. The hospital soon went to Dean and said, Dean, we're sorry. Patients do not want to meet with you. And it was sad that this young doctor had to leave. Dean wrote in this article, I have to live with my problem and I can overcome because God has given me gifts to use. Two weeks later, Dean was practicing medicine not in the rich suburbs of Cincinnati but in the poorest ghettos of New York City. He meets people in their homes treating children with tuberculosis and HIV. He meets with young mothers that have pneumonia. And he cares for those who have been shot up with heroin and have no place to turn. Dean said this. I was angry when I had to leave Cincinnati. But God had other plans. And it was much more rewarding, for I would rather treat a child with HIV than a rich lady's hangman. God is using my tearing people apart with ridicule murders. But let me share with you today that God cares for you, for us, our church, and everybody around us. From the little boy that can't speak well. To the young lady that doesn't know which way to turn. God cares. So in the scripture passage today, God God saw how the enemies were using ridicule to hurt the people. Ridicule is hurtful. And it's still powerfully used today to rip people apart. British critic and author Thomas Carlyle said this, ridicule is the language of the devil. I have to admit to you this morning that it's easy for me to put others down also. maybe because of their look or their attitude, the way they behave, and it's easy to make fun. Has anybody done that? Anybody made fun of someone else? Yeah. And I think, Brad, what are you thinking? Because that's the tool of the evil one. The devil uses that to tear apart Friendships, business partners, and churches. I think of some people who can bravely stand when they're shot at will collapse on the ground when they're laughed at. And the enemy has used it so often in history to insult servants of God. Let's think about this. Goliath ridiculed David, didn't he? when the shepherd boy met this giant with only a rock in his hand. Jesus was mocked by the soldiers during his trial, and the general public laughed at him and mocked on him mocked him when he was hanging on the cross. Paul, the great author for much of the New Testament, was laughed at and ridiculed and mocked and even stoned. Some of the greatest people in our faith history have been mocked, So don't lose faith, my friends. When the enemies who mock the people of Israel, what happened? They turned to God. Let me tell you something this morning. When the enemy laughs at what God's people are doing, it's usually a sign that God's going to bless his people in a wonderful way. Hold on to that. In Psalm 2, verse 4, it says, when the enemy rages on earth, God laughs at heaven. As people, it's hard to understand this. It hurts when we're mocked. But you know what? Maybe God's doing something great. Why? So let's look at this scripture passage. We have a guy named Bala, a bad guy. An evil guy. And he ridiculed the workers by calling them feeble Jews. Almost, you foolish people! Who do you think you are? That word feeble in Hebrew means not just only weak, but weak to the point of death. You feeble Jews! It means withered and miserable. He's telling the people, you are the most miserable-looking people out there by trying to build this wall. He says, you're like cut flowers that are going to be fading away. Besides, don't worry about building your wall. We're going to be taking over anyway. We can break down your walls. So how would you feel? You're a person that's lifting these big rocks. You're working with your family. You're putting together the mortar. You're building this wall. And you've got an army standing behind you saying, go ahead and work. You're worthless. You're garbage in our eyes. We're going to push down this wall. Be discouraging with it. You don't want to go to Nehemiah and say, Nehemiah, we're, we're giving up. There's no use. That army's a lot bigger than we are. We're just going to get this built and they're going to tear it down anyway. What's the use? But Nehemiah had God Almighty on his side. The world around us may glory in power and wealth, but we need to glory in the power of God. Nehemiah is telling the people, you're not weak or withered, but you're filled with power. So let's get back to Sanball again. He ridicules the work of the Jews with a few taunting questions. He's going to make fun of them by, by just egging them on. He says, hey guys, How are you going to fortify yourselves? Look at my army behind me. You can't beat us. How are you going to do it? And then you have all the Samaritan army behind him laughing. How can these few Jews, they, they don't even have a workforce. They have to rely on kids and priests and women to build the wall. And they thought it was a huge joke. The enemy was saying, you know what? You poor, poor people, how can you ever succeed? You got a huge task, and you guys just quit. Does that ever happened to you? And people say, you know, Jeff, yeah, why do you keep doing why, why do you keep going to church? Why, why, why do you keep on doing it? You know, what's the use? Look, I see you shaking your head. You probably have friends or whatever. Look, what what's up with that? We have a force out there saying, "Come on, Mary, why do you get your family up early in the morning to go to church?" There's all kinds of forces working out there to, to laugh and mock at us. And then Saint Paul does another question. He starts to make fun of the materials that they're using to rebuilding the wall. He said, hey, the stones you're using, he said, they're not new. They're taking out heaps of rubble. You can't even afford to build a new wall. You're using garbage, you're using junk. Come on, folks, you think that's going to work? And the people continued to pull out the stones out of the rubble. All this was done to make the people feel terrible. Keep mocking, and maybe one by one they'll fall. But that's not it. Then we got this guy named Tobias, And he had to go stand by his friend Sandball and laugh and make fun of the people. and say, guys, look, you know... Even if a fox jumped on that wall that you're building, a fox could knock it over. Boy, that's, that's cutting right to the heart. They're working hard at building the strong foundation and this wall, and, and I guys. A little fox can knock your wall over. Now, if you were the person building the wall, it would hurt, wouldn't it? Yes, the people living in Jerusalem were weak. They were poor. The work was hot, and it was great for them. And I'm sure it was funny watching families working on this great wall, but these people had something. They had faith in a great God, and they had their leader, Nehemiah, that would make the difference. It would have been far easier for the people to say, Oh, the heck it? We're quitting. We're discouraged. Let the, the army take us over. How did Nehemiah respond to this ridicule? He prayed. He prayed and he asked God to fight the enemy for him. Nehemiah did not allow himself to get detoured by his work and taking time to to argue with Sambala and Tobiah with their words. He didn't even pay attention to them. Nehemiah prayed. And he says, God, you deal with them as you need. Verse 4. Hear us, O God, for we're despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. They're hurting us, but hurt them. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. Nehemiah is saying, God, we're going to keep on building. You deal with them. He prayed. And he asked God to fight the battle. Nehemiah did not allow himself to fight with him. But he said, God, in your time. Nehemiah knew that these guys were against God, but they would have to answer to God someday. So let's get back to us, shall we? Mean words hurt. We hear it in the coffee shops when another person laughs and another one concerning their job or their family. We hear it at work when someone else belittles someone else for the way they talk or they behave. We hear it at home when one kid tries to put down the other kid because they received a better grade. Kids here at school are put down because they don't wear the right clothes. They don't live in the right neighborhood. They're not good at the right sports. The number one reason for suicide in kids 18 and younger is what? Bullying. Shows how serious this is. Bullying and talk can destroy families. It destroys churches. Because the enemy is there trying to make us weak, trying to make us spout off against one another in anger or defense. The enemy is trying to get us to look at the ugly rather than to God. It's easy to point at the faults of everyone else, but we're not looking at God. So as I close this morning, I I want us to think about something. I want us to think about the bird, the crow. What does a crow look like? Yeah, it's a big black bird. bird. Ugly, ugly bird, yeah. You don't see people putting crows in their houses in a cage, do you? You see nice little finches and little parrots and stuff like that. But never a crow, right? Not yet. Crows are terrible. So when I see a crow flying around our house out on the farm, you know, what's a crow looking for? He's looking for that dead rabbit or squirrel laying along the side of the road someplace. And what does it do? It finds that dead carcass and it just eats away. Okay, here we got the crow. He's missing all the things around him because he's looking for something rotten, right? Mm -hmm. You know what? There are some people who are crows. They're always looking for something rotten to talk about. Looking for someone to put down. Always looking for... I look at this scripture passage, Sambala and Tobiah, they were crows against God. But how many crows don't we face every day here in our own lives? So there are two ways to look at this passage this morning. First of all, I ask you don't be a crow. Okay? Absolutely. Rather than find the ugly, the rotten, and ridicule, let's lift up, shall we? Let's talk to people how good they're doing and what they're doing in life. Don't let the enemy, the devil, work so much in your life that you're only looking for ugliness. Let's open our eyes around us to look at what God is doing in our world today. My daughter, Annika, we went and look at a horse yesterday. Why were we looking at a horse? I don't know. But
1: here we were looking at this horse, and Annick was talking about what she does to Hugs
0: Ranch, and Julie and Bob, you know Hugs Ranch very well. And our kids, who have been ridiculed and pushed aside, find a caring place. Could always have to be crows. Let's build each other up. Let's not see each other as crows. But like at Hugs Ranch, let's lift these kids up instead of tearing them down. Don't let the devil and the evil work so much in your life that. The only thing you want to do is tear apart others. You know, it's so easy to point fingers, isn't it? We point fingers at our government. We point fingers at our president. We point fingers at our representatives. We point fingers at our township officials. We point fingers at those around us. We point fingers at the church. It's easy to point fingers and say, what's wrong? But hey, maybe we need to quit. Maybe the words that the people around us need to hear should be words talking about the body of Christ and working for the glory of God and lifting others up. I guarantee you every one of us here can list people that need to hear encouragement today. So the first thing is, don't be a crow. The second thing is, there are times when we're going to be brought mocked and ridiculed. Maybe here in the church, and maybe at home, and maybe in the workplace. Satan wants us to fall, and to fall hard, and to listen to these nasty people. And when we face those difficult times, when we hear the bad stories about us, what did Nehemiah do? What did he do? Hello, oh, we just talked about earlier. What did Nehemiah do? He prayed. That's the second thing we need to do. When we're feeling down, we need to pray. For God is certainly more stronger than we will ever be. Pray for the kids in our school system that are cut and torn apart. Julie, really maybe you saw when you were driving school bus. I don't. Know. I, don't know. I don't think you'd let that happen on your bus, but it happens. Let's think of families that are torn apart. Be a crow. you grow, and be on your knees in prayer, and see what God will do amazing in our life. Let's pray. Holy Father, I thank you for your word today, and, word with me and all the word of Nehemiah. Now people are laughed at and mocked for the holy It seems like times have not changed much. It seems like British people is always there. Tearing people down, pushing others to a side is seems to be a part of our society. In fact, in many ways, we're taught if we need to succeed, we need to step on others to get to the top. Forgive us. Forgive us for being the people that make fun of them, tear apart. But also, Father, forgive us for being the people. silent. Let us stand up for truth and for righteousness. Let us protect those who have been ridiculed and torn apart. And Father, may we be prayer warriors for our country, our world, our church, our family, our friends, our work. That we may be people who will no longer tear others down, but that we look for Good to say.